Welcome to Inside with the Guides, a podcast where local guides introduce us to their destination and share with us highlights, tips, and personal preferences about the places where they live and work. We're Chile Signature, an entrepreneurship created by tour managers and professionals of tourism, with the dream of sharing the natural beauty of Chile through a responsible tourism. We are constantly searching to fulfill our clients' bucket list. Through each episode, get an insight of each destination. Take more than a picture. Learn more than a fact. The real experience only comes with locals. Join us. Welcome to this new episode of Inside with the Guides. I'm really happy to talk today about Torres del Paine National Park, located in Magellan region, Chilean Patagonia, the eighth natural wonder of the world. Today, our guest is Chris Robles. She's member of Asociación de Guías de Puerto Natales, which is the Guides Association of Puerto Natales. She studied trans English-Spanish translator. She's bachelor in Spanish linguistic, naturalist guide, trekking guide, hiking, and horseback riding guide. She's guiding Torres del Paine National Park since 2003, and she has been part of famous documentaries too, like Lugares que Hablan in National Chilean Television, and international like Magical Andes on Netflix. And she is a dog lover too. Hi, Chris, how are you? Hi, Christian, very well, thank you, and you? Great. Really happy to have you here today. Thank you for inviting me to this special chapter of the guide, no? Yes, we're a very long distance. Chris, to start, let us know a little bit about Torres del Paine and surroundings, please. Actually, right now I'm in Puerto Natales, which is almost 2,000 miles far from Santiago. So that's why it is a special program for me because we are so far away. And Puerto Natales is only 47 miles far from one of the entrances of Torres del Paine National Park. So my town, my town is only like the base camp. Is where Everybody get the supplies, uh, I don't know, the, the clothing, to rent the equipment, or things like that. So uh, the most part of the travelers start in Puerto Natales, and they, they go to the highlight to, of the area, Torres del Paine National Park, as you said, uh, the eighth wonder of the world. Huh? You, you are right. I can mention also Torres del Paine is one of the 41 national parks of Chile. Chile, anyway, has 105 uh, protected wild areas, but only 41 national parks. So Torres del Paine is one, probably is, is the most, or one of the most famous around the world. Huh? Probably the most part of the travelers in Patagonia have seen the images of the three peaks of granite. Those are the towers, or the two colors, peaks of granite and sedimentary rock, those are the horns or los cuernos. Eh? Probably that is the starting point uh, to talk about the national park, no? Yes, beautiful. We all love those 
images from Patagonia. That's one of the, my favorite places here in Chile and the world. A beautiful place to work, right? That's your office. Ah, yeah. Yeah, actually, the most part of the guides, uh, the main place to work is Torres del Paine, more than Puerto Natales or Punta Arenas. No, the main uh, area is Torres del Paine because the multiple activities that are possible there. Uh, for example, if you don't like walking, you can go by car, you can uh, drive your uh, rented car or your own car, and only photo stops, vista stops, without a lot of actions, only photos. For one day, you can do it. Or if you have more uh, strength, if you like to suffer more, physically speaking, you go for the hikes, if you want to camp or sleep in a, in a bed, you have the options. We are really famous around the world for Torres del Paine for especially two hiking areas. Actually, some years ago, the Lonely Planet guidebooks, probably you have heard about that, Christian. They declared Torres del Paine as one of the best places of the world to hike. For example, I am a guide, especially in one of those hiking circuits called W, like the letter, the W. Y-W, because the hiker is doing the, the shape of the letter W through the main valleys of the mountains. So that is, whew, it's about um, 76, uh, no, 47 miles, sorry, 76 kilometers. 47 miles, usually it's five days, six days, seven days, but usually it's five days. And uh, there are different level of hikes. In some areas, there are shorter hikes, longer hikes, but all of them in, in the proper valleys where the main views of mountains are. Huh? That is one of the main highlights. Always I mention in my groups, if you compare the hiking activity and the no hiking activity in Torres del Paine, the visitors are almost the 50%. 50% hikers, 50% only day visitors or photo visitors. If you analyze a case in the United States, for example, some years ago I was in, in Yosemite in, and in Grand Canyon National Park in the United States, I asked to the rangers, how many visitors are there? They told me 5 million per year. In Torres del Paine, the last year, there were 300,000 visitors. Ooh, very small amount, no? But the 50% of the 300,000 visitors are hikers, so it's a lot. In Grand Canyon, for example, only the 2% of the 5 million are hikers. So it's completely different, the division of infrastructure, campings, and whatever. It's completely different. But well, still, I hope it's still a highlight, the W hike. Uh, to be sincere, uh, the hiker that will be in that area will see people all the time. It's not a place to be alone in the middle of nowhere. In some areas, yeah. But the, in the most part of the lookout points, campings, refugios, refugios we call to them like hostels uh, with bank beds. That is a refugio for us. 
with, I don't know, with a restaurant, with beautiful food and wine and beer, credit card, you can pay with credit cards. So it, it's quite luxurious anyway. So in the refugios, you see a lot of people. But also, it's another option if you are a hiker, but you don't want to see a lot of people. It's, a, it's another choice is, but you need more days anyway, yeah? the O circuit, the O or the big circuit, we call it. That is different, huh? that is 10 days. 10 days, can you imagine that? Huh? 10 days. A lot, of, a lot of time inside of the park. 83 miles or 133 kilometers. So you walk a lot every day. But it's not flat. No, of course, it's not flat. In Patagonia, always we said the flat, it doesn't exist for us. Huh? No flat at all. No flat trails. So that uh, circuit, the O, also has some areas to camp, some areas to sleep in a bed, but less. More kilometers per day. The season to, to walk there is shorter because there is one part of that hike uh, that circuit of hike that is usually full of snow. Probably now it's full of snow too. But that area, because of that area called John Gardner Passage or Pass, is a season. It's very short, the season. So mostly in summer? Mostly summer. Our summer is December, January, and February. And also, our in our summer, you know, Christian, eh? the, the days are really long. Eh? We have from 4 a.m., the sunrise until 11 p.m. sunset. So you have a lot of hours to, to finish the hike. Yeah, that's because you are really close to Antarctica, the end of the world, we said. Right? Yeah, and right now we are suffering, we said. We are suffering the opposite, very short days. Huh? The sunrise is 9.30, 10 a.m., and sunset will be soon in one more hour, and then 5 will be, 5.30 will be the sunset. But well, yeah, the circuit, uh, coming back to the big circuit of the O circuit, it, it's, it's possible anyway, the W circuit and the O circuit, hiking it all year round. You can do it all year round. How is that? Huh? You can do it, but with a guide. You can do it. You can do it in winter too. In winter too, but on winter, we are really happy huh? because the rangers, we have a very good relationship with the rangers organization called CONAF. They decided three years ago that on winter time will be possible, every winter time will be possible the hiking in mountain areas, but only with a permitted guide. It's mandatory from May to September to hire a guide for especially for the O circuit, especially. So it's possible, but thinking about conditions of snow, uh, snow, ice, yeah. short days, and cold, of course. But that's really important because there's a lot of people who think that you can only go to Patagonia, to visit Patagonia in spring or summer. Right? It's true. Yeah, probably it's a question of information. We know the main pictures have been taken on summer, in our summer, but I can, I can explain to you about the seasons. For example, the main season, high season we call it, temporada alta in Spanish. The high season starts on October, from October to April. That is the high season for rangers, for the main businesses in, in the area. But the park, 
is open all year round. Eh? All year round, some of the hotels, some of the refugios and campings are closed, eh? but the park is open. And as I said before, especially in the big hikes, big hike is a hike for of more than four hours for us. That is a hike. There is mandatory a guide on winter, only on winter. During the summer, it's not mandatory to hire a guide because the trails itself, the trails are really good, really clear. The trails, you want me lost. If you are lost on summer, it's because you want to be lost. <laughs> it's not because it's difficult, no. They are really, really clear. But always, we recommend to hire a guide for the experience, for the timing, you know, for the secrets, the gossips of the area. If you are looking, for example, for flowers, we have a kind of uh, orchids, beautiful orchids. My, my favorite is one called the dog, dog orchid, of course. I'm a dog, dog lover, right? You're a dog lover, right. The dog, the dog orchid is beautiful. Eh? And the main season for the flowers in general is November, November. And our flower season is really short. It's one month. So it could be November, the full month, or the, the, sec the end of November, beginning of December also. But that is about the season of flowers. That's it. And no more flowers. Till next year. But also uh, until yeah. the next year, yeah. Then the season of the wildlife, the baby, you know, the baby animals are very cute. Everybody loves them. Oh, oh so cute. Yeah, the baby animals like guanacos, you know, the guanaco is like a llama, but guanaco is originally from Patagonia. The season for the baby animals is also the end of November, beginning of December. So if you visit us in that time of the year, you will see the babies, huh? The, ba the birds also, the baby birds, the juvenile condors, for example, huh? ducks, swans, flamingos. We have flamingos also here. That is the season for them. But if you are looking for better days for hikes, we recommend December, January, and February. January and February are very good for the hikes because the length of the daylight, as I mentioned before, you have a lot of hours of light. You can walk, I don't know, 300, three or four or 20 miles more than any, any day, only because it's longer. So the, the problem, there is a little problem there. You have more chances to get the wind, yeah? the wind of Patagonia. There's more wind in, in that season, in November, December? Usually the wind here is 35 miles. That is normal, 70 kilometers. <laughs> that is normal. Always we say the jokes, oh, it's a breeze. No, but it, we know <laughs> it, it's strong, it's strong. But you have a lot of chances to get that speed. If it's over that, that, of course, we'll tell you, we'll tell to the visitors, but we live with that wind, so we are no monsters, we are no aliens, so you can do it. <laughs> but chances, no? Yeah. But I like a lot, especially one season in Torres del Paine, which is April and May. Less people, less wind, almost no wind, and all the 
uh, trees. We have a, a tree, it's a kind of oak, it's Nothofagus family. It's, we call it Lenga, or High Deciduous Beech Tree, B-E-E-C-H. We have three kind of beech trees here, and the leaves, two of that kind of trees, get the, the red leaves during the, the, the end of March, April. So the color, imagine, imagine the color of the forest here turns red. Beautiful. That is my favorite. Amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Chris, what about, I hear a lot of times, you, you can have the four seasons in one day in, in Torres del Paine. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> that is one of our phrases in Patagonia. You can get the four seasons in one day, but we add, we can, we add the next phrase. You can add in one hour the four seasons, not in one day. It's true, it's true, but the summer maybe not. So you can, that's why always we recommend all kind of clothing. It doesn't mean the, the visitor has to wear it. No, it doesn't mean that. Always carry close to you. Because, as I mentioned before, the wind, always the wind is part of our life. More in some months, more than others. But anyway, wind is part of Patagonia. Cold, always cold. Could be uh, fleece is very good. Fleece always we recommend it. And rain, rain, to be sincere, we don't have a lot of rain. Uh, the last years, maybe due to the global overwarming, we have seen more rain, but it's not part of, of the Patagonian climate. Used to be March the, the, and October, the season of rain, but now it's not really clear. But yeah, maybe we can get some drops, like showers, but no more than two hours, one hour, two hours. It's very strange. It's very strange to get a day with a rain all day. That is not normal here. And snow, especially in the higher areas, could be in the hikes, in the old circuit, over uh, 1,000 feet. But no, it's not, it's not really common. Well, right now, on our winter, of course. But sun, yeah, we could get sun, but no, like in the beach. No, no, like in Santiago, no. We can get beautiful sun. Sometimes... We can get days over 20 Celsius degrees, but that is very unusual. So we recommend all the clothing. A lot of layers then. Too. Layers, like an onion. Like an onion, right? So you tell us a little bit about the difference between already between summer and winter. So you think the best, you recommend April, March and April to visit the park. So that's the perfect moment for you, right? Yeah, for the views. Photos, you know, now the social media, Instagram, especially for the pictures, for some people, it's really important. I think that season is really good, eh? you, especially the color of the plants. The sunrise and sun sunsets are probably more spectacular during that time. We have some friends that have opened their, their lodges and they are full of visitors, photographers, group of photographers that uh, book, especially April and May, only for photo tours. That What does it mean? Get up about 6, 5 a.m. only to get the sunrise in Torres del Paine. So that is quite normal. And that is the season. 
Perfect. You already told us a little bit about that too, but what kind of activities can you do inside of the park? About You tell us a little bit about trekking, hiking, but there's anything else you can do inside? Yeah, um, depends where you visit. Uh, you have more chances to uh, be part of an activity. Because always we must to remember in Patagonia, the distances are really long. So if the base camp, if you are staying in a hotel, in a hostel in Puerto Natales, for example, to get Torres del Paine at least is one hour and a half, two hours by car. And then come back to Puerto Natales to another hours. So the days driving are really long. So you must to consider that. Anyway, there are places to stay in Torres del Paine. There are four hotels in Torres del Paine. There are refugios, there are campings, free camping, paid campings. So there are chances. If you go to the west, coming back to your question, if you go to the west, west is where the ice field is, where the glaciers are. And the west area, we have a glacier called Gray. That is part of the Southern Patagonian ice field, the third biggest mass of ice of the world. So in the area of the Gray Glacier, usually there are uh, icebergs, especially in the morning, because it's supposed to be less windy in the morning, there are kayak tours, uh, half-day kayaking tours around the icebergs, of course, with the, to taking care of the conditions. Also, there is an area of kayaking in front of the Gray Glacier and where the wall is. Also, it's a half day, but to get that place is difficult. You need to take a boat trip through the Gray Lake to get that second hiking. Or also, you can hire ice hike. Ice hike. That is two options. In the west, western, gray, that is the area of the glaciers. Also, you can hire different activities related with horses. Could be like a tour, the horse walk uh, one hour or two hours eh, around the park. You don't need experience for that. Also, there are some companies that offer 10 days by horse or five days with a horse. We call, it, we call them expeditions by horse but there are two or three days inside the park the rest are not in the park it is in the surroundings of the park there is another option horses some hotels also offer the, the horseback riding there are now fauna trips related with wildlife and photography what is that this is very special for us eh? in patagonia we have the presence of the mountain lion we call it puma it's very similar to the North American cougar, but here in Patagonia is bigger. Huh? So there is a new activity in, in Torres del Paine and outside Torres del Paine National Park, especially in the eastern area, the east. The east area, the name is Laguna Amarga. Usually for a long time, I don't know, 100 years, the neighbors of Torres del Paine have killed the pumas because the pumas kill the sheep. But now they realize that the puma could be a good business, no? but for pictures. So the neighbor now is offer puma trips. Uh, what does it mean? The photographers go with a guide. They know approximately the area, the territory of some of the pumas, and they go with the photographers. That is 
the neighbor of Torres del Paine. But also, you can spot pumas inside the park with a guide in Torres del Paine, but following the permitted areas, the trails, from the road, you can spot the pumas also. Huh? But always taking care of your safety, huh? you know, safety first. Also, there is another activity I think it's really interesting huh? in the easternmost part of Torres del Paine in a place called Laguna Azul, Blue Lake. There is an area that, that is one of my favorite spots. Few people in that area. The warmer microclimate that you can find in Torres del Paine. And also in that area, it's possible now to find wild horses. Wild horses. I think now there are about 400 or 500 wild horses. Wild horses. And now there is organization that is taking care of them. Patagonia Bagual is the name. So they are uh, with cameras uh, looking for them. But you can hire them to spot from the distance to the, the activity of the wild horses. No, it's amazing. That is beautiful. The wild horses are the bawales, right? Bawales, yeah. We call to the wild animals in general. Could be a cow, a horse, a dog, even a dog, are bawales. But in this case are horses, criollo horses that have been probably free, getting free, and became wild. But we don't know how many uh, generations, huh? but they are beautiful, beautiful horses. That is another activity. Well, another activity that is really popular is the visit to the party in one day by tours. We call them the full day tours. You can hire them from Puerto Natales, from Punta Arenas, that is along the Strait of Magellan, or even from El Calafate in Argentina, close to Perito Moreno Glacier. Of course, it's very tiring for such a long distance. We recommend from Puerto Natales because it's the closest spot. And also those tours include uh, Milodon Cave. I don't know if you have heard about Milodon Cave. That was a place to send a sloth that used to live in this area 10,000 years ago. So you have in that kind of tours two uh, protected areas for visiting. And I said, ah, and also you can uh, go to Torres del Paine for rock climbing, also for mountain climbing, with the permissions, of course, that the, the visitors uh, have to do in, in CONAF headquarters, the rangers. Um, I think that's it. Huh? But that is the main activities that you can find. So there's a lot of different activities. There's a lot of wildlife too inside of the park. Tell me, Chris, can you recommend us the three places, your three favorite places inside of the park for your favorite places for pictures or just to be there walking, trekking or something? Yeah, as I said before, one of my favorites is Laguna Azul. The only problem is how to get there because you need a car to get there. The public buses that come from Puerto Natales to Torres del Paine, they don't visit that area. So you need a car, a private transportation or a rented car. In that place, as I said before, the microclimate is warmer. It's beautiful. Actually, during the winter time, the, the wildlife spend the winter there. From that point, weather permitting, the visitor can spot the 
granite towers that I said before from a distance, but you can see the three ones. Well, they are picnic tables. You can touch the water also. The water is cold, but not as cold as the other places. It's not allowed the swimming, but you can touch the water anyway. Birds, birding. Oh, birding is another activity that you can uh, spend a lot of time uh, spotting birds in Torres del Paine. There are special kind of birds in that area, especially related with wetlands. There are some hikes, flat hikes, Patagonian flat, remember? <laughs> and also there is an area to climb a little hill, Masle. Masle is the name. So you have a lot of activities in, in a short area. So there are not a lot of people. So probably that's why I like it a lot. Huh? There is a park ranger house. You can uh, knock the door and uh, start a conversation with the rangers. They are very nice. They don't speak English, but no, you can try to practice the Spanish, no? <laughs> so that is one of my favorites. But you can... You can learn a little bit about that special kind of life that they have inside of the park. Really isolated. Very good. It's one of the few areas where the rangers live in the park with the family. They have a greenhouse with the vegetables. No, it's, it's very nice. They have horses to patrol the area. So, no, it's very nice. Uh, and also there are flowers. They are no native flowers, but they are flowers that the former... Uh, people that used to live there, the, the owners of the old estancias, because when the park started in 1959, before that year, there were estancias, ranches. So the people that used to live there brought plants, trees. There are some areas with apple trees. It's really hard to find them. Very tiny apple trees. And uh, lupins in the, during the springtime. There is a area very big in Laguna Azul, full of lupins, those pink and purple flowers, beautiful, introduced by Germans, I think, uh, but beautiful, in, in Laguna Azul, my favorite. That's Laguna Azul. Another one that I like a lot is, um, well, I know the old name, the, old, the guides with a lot of years in the park used to call uh, Porteria Porteria. That is a hike of two hours, uh, ups and downs, but it's quite easy because it's only through grasses and bushes. It's really exposed and uh, you get all the wind. When it's windy, you get all the wind. But we like a lot that place because it's, uh, you have a lot of chances to spot wildlife. Guanacos, foxes, birds, little birds, and right now more pumas. But Yeah, of course, it's wonderful that. But my favorite place along that hike is a, like a cave with pictographs, pictographs of former men. There are different dates. Uh, there is a date that said pictographs of 6,000 years old. Probably it's something like that. So they are in really good condition, in red color, in a rock, uh, and you can use your imagination there. Oh, maybe, what is the meaning of that? One figure has the, the shape of a man, another of a dead man, another of a puma or a cyber-toothed tiger. So it's very cool, and the view from there 
uh, you notice that that cave was a place of hunters because it's a very wide the area uh, that is visible from there. So I like that special spot and also the rocks around it conglomerate, beautiful conglomerates. And the third area that I, I like a lot, probably my colleagues don't like it. <laughs> I like a lot the base of the towers, the famous, the crowded look at point, the base of the towers, the place where you, after hiking uh, 10 kilometers uphill or more, uh, you get after a lot of altitude difference, uh, the, the, for me, it's the hardest hike in the whole national park. But when you get the end, the end, all your suffering worth it because you get the three towers, a lake, a hanging glacier, suddenly in front of you. So I like a lot that place, especially when few people is there. But the, the feeling that you get uh, when you get the end is amazing. It doesn't matter that probably in my case, I had been 1,000 times there. No, always I get a feeling when I get the, the view. I don't know, overwhelming. I don't know how to, to explain it. But it doesn't matter all the, my adventures there. It's one of my favorite spots. Well, that's the idea. The people have to get there to mm -hmm. know yeah. what are you talking about but yeah well national park the national park is amazing it's beautiful i've been there a couple of times and uh like you said all the sacrifice is paid with those perfect views in every part of the park i can say chris you have been participating in some research in the park too right um, I have been with an organization called SEQUA, well, also my colleagues of the Association of Guides of Puerto Natales, and also with ISEA. We have been part of a project to set cameras, uh, hidden cameras in some specific areas. It's not necessarily for pumas. A lot of people think it's only to spot pumas through that cameras. Those cameras that have a sensor of movement. No? It's also to check which another uh, wildlife is around. With some uh, colleagues, we chose the western area, the southwestern area of the park, and we found a trail and we said, mm, maybe this is a good place for the camera. And we chose very well because when we check the cameras, we found images of Geoffroy's cat. That is like a wildcat. In my life, only I have seen once that cat has been killed a lot for a long time for the skin. The skin is beautiful. Well, the local people in the estancias used to kill it, but it's a beautiful cat. And now we are really happy because we can spot it again in the national park. Also, we saw people trying to take the camera. We saw skunks, horses. Horses, why horses? Huh? Uh, also, some birds eating. No, it's wonderful. Then we must count how many animals were in every season. Now we left the cameras in the national park. So we are waiting for the permission to get the new results because probably without people, the number of animals now is 
huge, I think. And also I have another colleagues of the Association of Guides that are involved with a study of the how many centimeters in this case the plants had been growing after the last fire. The last fire in Torres del Paine was in 2012. So then we are very busy in the park, actually. And we are waiting for more uh, studies. The idea soon is to check the, the, the birds, it's like census, census of pumas also probably. It's very hard to count the pumas anyway. The, 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 the scientists know that we are open to, to help, especially now, especially during the winter. We don't have a lot of work to do sometimes. So we have a very good relationship with the different scientific associations that we are really lucky in this region. There are a lot. Perfect. So you are the experts in the area too. So you are the better way to have that information of the park. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, sadly, we're reaching the end of the interview. We can be speaking hours and hours about the park. You want to give us a message, invite people to visit Torres del Paine and the surroundings before we finish? Yeah, well, always we invite people to visit us. Patagonia, the name, only the name has a lot of magic, but probably the Argentinian side of Patagonia is more famous. No? So we invite the visitors to know the unknown Patagonia. We are very nice people. We can share some uh, secret parts of our life with the people. Uh, it's very interesting to live here. So especially respect everything related with fire, uh, for fire anyway, and garbage. We are really worrying the last years after the fires. Uh, if you visit us, please try to not smoke in the national park areas the garbage come back with you, and, and that kind of things. Ah, if you see a puma, don't run, don't chase the puma. Uh, if you want to visit us, the best experience probably we can offer you, no? the guide can offer you a better experience. Perfect, perfect. Thank you very much, Chris. If someone wants to visit Torres del Paine with you, where can, where can we find you? For me, well, I'm part of the Association of Guides in guiasnatales.com. It's a list of the guides, have all the, the license, local license, and guides that live here in, in Patagonia. There are a lot of guides that only come from the season, but there are a few guides that live here all year round. So if you check that list of Guias Natales, you, you check the really, really, really local guides. And if somebody wants to contact me, I have my Instagram with my full name, Chris Robles Chamorro, my LinkedIn, también, also I'm there with my full name. Thank you very much then, Chris. That was really interesting. Like I said before, we can be talking about Torres del Paine for hours. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. The invitation is, is done. Uh, and thank you for your time. To, to be here with us today. Well, thank you, Christian, for, for having me in this program. And, uh, you know, if you want to come back, you can visit me also to any 
people that want to visit me will be really welcome. Thank you very much. Okay, guys, we reached the end of the episode. Thank you for listening today. Till the next episode of Inside with the Guides with another interesting guest from another destination. Bye. Thank you for listening Inside with the Guides. If you want to know more, you can visit our website, www.telesignature.com, as well our social media. Join us soon in another episode in a different destination in our country. Chile Signature. Experience, passion, and commitment at your service. Stay tuned.